it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, and how to get your work noticed and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you as well as a few of my own and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee, maybe your paint water, a glass of wine, and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Lovely listeners, I am so glad you're here with me today in the windowsill. It's a good one. This is in the States, Thanksgiving week, and I am super thankful for all of you, wherever you are. And I hope that you are taking some time for you. Maybe you're spending time with family or friends celebrating old traditions or making new ones. You know how every once in a while you meet somebody in life and think, Huh, definitely supposed to meet that person. This is how I feel about my guest today. I am super, super pleased to introduce you to Robin Thayer. Robin is an artist living in Colorado, and I first became aware of her work because I used to buy her cards, and I did not know she had grown far beyond doing the cards. I used to buy them years ago, and we get into that, but a little bit more about Robin. Robin grew up on a lake in northern Minnesota where her childhood was spent in her fabulous imaginary world, either at her crafting table or outside in a boat, a fort, or a flower bed where dreams, sky, and wind all caressed her with their lavish secrets and plans. Her art education is informal and profuse, a daily act. Robin's favorite artwork is large in scale, highly textured, and full of color. Using acrylics and her own cut-up paintings, she ingeniously builds contemporary, representational paintings of wild and domesticated animals and symbols. Utilizing collage in this way, she can convey a dreamlike quality, reflecting the innocence and grandeur of where the private inner world and the wild outside come together. Robin lives with her husband, two daughters, three basset hounds, and 26 chickens on top of a mountain in Evergreen, Colorado. Robin's artwork is represented by galleries in Santa Fe, New Mexico, Steamboat, and Denver, Colorado. Her many articles and interviews on the creative process have been published in prominent magazines, journals, and websites. So that's kind of the technical and bio bit about Robin, but what I think you'll hear is a true feeler, somebody that's very in touch with her emotions and what she needs to do for herself after having done a lot of work. And, you know, her bio says that she uses acrylics and her own cut up paintings, but wait until you hear it in her words, because there's so much more depth in meaning and passion as to how that happens. And we just really dig in. And I just want to thank Robin for her honesty, her transparency, and just showing up as exactly who she is, because I think it will mean a lot to so many of you. So Anyway, enough of my chatter. Here is Robin Thayer. 
Well, thank you so much for being here, Robin. I'm really looking forward to finding out a little bit more about you and uh, just, you know, gushing a little bit because I'm a longtime fan. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. This is this is a highlight of my week. So thank you. Oh, cool. So I have to tell the listeners kind of how this all came to be. Years ago, I I have a friend who has a store. I or she doesn't have that store anymore. Sue among the pines in um, Minnesota, and she had these awesome cards. And I used to buy them by the bulk because they were my favorite to give out. And, I, and I'd think like, have I already given this card to this person? You know, one of those. And um, they were yours. But I, not very long ago, a few months ago, I was down to my last card and I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get more of these? So I looked on the back and I and I thought to myself, I'll be lucky if this person is findable because it was it's been a minute and um, I found you. It wasn't the direct path, but I found you. And so here you are. Not really a card person at all, but that was the beginning. Yeah, it's it's such a it was such a treat to receive your message in my inbox and have that blast from back then and um, join right now, which was just yeah wonderful. So I always love to let the listeners in a little bit on you and your journey. That's the whole thing, you know. We're all on these twisty turny paths, and I just always feel like it's so good to hear that we're not alone in our jumping and figuring things out and discovery and all that. So how did it look for you, this creative journey? (laughs) Oh, it's a lifetime um, so far. And I hope I get to have a long life um, discovering all of this, but I grew up, creativity was just my companion, my constant companion. Mm -hmm. And I was left alone a lot um, for good or bad. And um, and then I had my grandmother, she was a very old woman. She had my mom very late in life mm. and my mom's 14 years younger than her sister. So you can imagine. Yeah. And, um, and so grandma was on her oxygen hose, you know, and we'd go to her apartment and we'd accidentally step on her hose and she'd be stepping on my nose. <laughs> grandma. I know. And we'd sit around her little table and craft. And so she was very instrumental in just and looking back at it now was um, demonstrating how peaceful it is to sit and make something with someone. Mm. And she just did, she gave that to my brother and I, we would sit together and just quietly, just, we'd make these things. And she had a jar Mm. of Werther's originals in the middle of the table and butterscotch candies. And we just eat till our heart's content. Love that. (laughs) Yeah. And so that was obviously very impactful and imprinted me for life. Um, Mm. And my mom then, she is an artist, a very beautiful drawer, but she doesn't do it um, much anymore. But um, she would draw pictures for me to color as a little girl. And so that was also our quiet time together. Mm. And I just cherished it. I mean, those are the best moments spent. And, um, and so then I always, when I, you know, whatever life brought or threw at me, that was always where I, my solace, I would seek out, you know, and then that led to one thing and then another. And I started making, um, I would, somebody had given me a really fine set of watercolors. Mm -hmm. She was a professor and we lived in this really, well, Cross Lake, this very Mm -hmm. remote place, especially then. Yeah. And she had lived her life like near Chicago or something and given me this set of watercolors and for graduation. And so then I started to have like nicer supplies, you know, and, but no clue how to use them, but that's the story of my whole art 
journey is I made this all up, you know, I had these supplies and I figured out how to use them and, um, and they taught me how to use them, you know, just by experimentation. Right. Right. The supplies taught you. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've just carried on with that. That's, you know, just an aspect of, of the journey, but yeah. I love that. And, and it, from doing a little digging that, that wasn't the plan. You weren't going to be an artist. (laughs) You like did. far from it. <laughs> I am a scientist by by degree. I was headed to med school and in the application process, I um, did a U-turn and had again, some great people that um, showed me some of the truths of uh, their experience. They were on their way out of their medical career and showed me some really valuable truths of what was happening um, with, with insurance and drugs and all sorts of stuff. And so honestly, I, I, I waited tables all those years, you know, I was a good old Northern Minnesota waitress and, um, and I felt like I was waiting tables when I was, when I was shadowing that doctor and Mm. it was profound. And I just, I didn't know what I wanted, but I knew it wasn't that, Mm. um, but I knew healing was a huge part of my journey. Um, Again, I didn't know what that meant. And I've been living into that in many ways. Yeah. Isn't it interesting how these things show up and how I think as we are a certain age, we only know how it's presented. So if I'm interested in healing, it must be uh, traditional medicine or whatever, you know, that what shows up, but it might be so many other things, you know? Absolutely. Yes. Because making art is healing and other things I know you, I, I did dig. So other, you've done other healing things that are, could be healing for you or healing for others. And I just think that's a constant journey. What, what am I interested in? Am I still interested in that? And, and, oh my goodness, I've learned this, or I've met this person, which has opened up uh, different experiences and opportunities and it, it just, it continues. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like the artwork that I knew of yours early on were really good words uh, combined with your art. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the art sold it, but the words really sold it for me. Mm-hmm. And yes, I, that, that whole line of greeting cards um, was, I, I call it a download, like a spiritual download. I was in my studio I was going through some massive healing in my life, you know, just doing work in a program and just, just in the zone and, and in a lot of pain, right? Like dealing with the hurt Mm -hmm. and I was actually dealing with it. And I, that's part of my creative journey always has been to present what is hurting Mm -hmm. to the canvas, to the paper with the supplies, you know, let's, Mm -hmm. I'm going to give this to the supplies and they're going to help me unravel this and help me put it together in a way that is safe and is um for me it's it's usually very beautiful um and that's a lot of my past has tremendous pain and trauma in it and mm-hmm. um and for so long it was unspeakable and so i could just have this safe interaction with these supplies mm-hmm. and my words so the the those vignettes came out one night and I just had this journal or my sketchbook and I just one after another, I just wrote them down and it was reframing all my stories. Mm. And then I was like, well, I got to make something for the background. 
And so I just figured out, well, I love the collage. And I, you know, I just started gluing. I didn't really think about it. And I made all these backgrounds. And then with my goofy um, traditional fountain pen and a ton of ink, way too much ink. And again, no skill. <laughs> I like splattered the words onto the papers and in the etching it, for me, tactile, like that physical physicality of moving that's important too I, I work on wood now um I, I glue my collages onto wood because I like to really get physical with it mm. and so using that pen and letting it skip and jump all over the page and splatter that just it was so imperfect and it was so safe you know it just made it like okay this can come out however it's going to come out and it and, and it it landed into a whole entire greeting card line Oh, cool. How I'm sure unexpected. Yeah. And I, I guess one of the things that I really connected to was the honesty of those words and they were just perfect for what I use them for. Like at the times when somebody needed to wrap their arms around themselves or find out who they were or fly or have a happy birthday, whatever, whatever it was, yeah, you know, and, uh, it's even more meaningful hearing the process, you know, and I don't think, I don't think we often talk about art as healing, but I think it's so often exactly what it is. I feel like we spend a lot of time talking about art as business or art as a, a profit vehicle or a, a certainly a way to express ourselves and to get ideas onto paper or canvas or wood or whatever it is, but I really, um, honor that thought of art as healing because where else can you go really? I mean, certainly you can go outside and walk and hike and, and move your body, but moving, moving your hands and your mind and putting it on paper is, is, uh, is pretty profound, I think. Yes. It's and then been... you have it to look at. Well, and that's the thing is I approach the canvas. I, I just use the canvas metaphorically, but I approach right. the substrate, the surface with my life, you know, mm-hmm. and my, yeah, I, I'm a professional artist, quote, you know, like I'm that, and I have, my stuff is sold here and that. But if I think about the outcome, that work never gets made. Because for me, that it's it's the process, and I've done I've gone to great lengths now in training um, to learn how to keep that part sacred, so that the mm-hmm. art continues to be juicy and alive and remains still my. It is it's how I, you know it's, it sounds trite, but it's how I breathe. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like breathing for me, mm-hmm. and and so as my work was more sought after, how do I still keep that? um, sacredness really, yeah. um, while pr- producing, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so uh, those are, those are different hats I have to shuffle between. And I thankfully have some incredible mentors and coaches that have, I, you know, I just threw myself at their feet basically. And was like, how do I do this? Because this needs to be in the world. Obviously there's a, there's a demand for it. And people are having really amazing experiences from my work. And I still want to have amazing experiences making my work, you know? Right. But it still needs to have this meaning for me. And it, and there is something when it gets more, the com- 
commercial is a word or in demand or where you need, you know, you need to make more of it. How do you, where does that energy fall? You know, how does it continue to be part of it? Oh, that's, that's a really interesting thought. I love that you list a lot of the courses you've taken or people you've worked with on your website. I thought that was very cool. Some of them I recognize. Wendy Brightbill was one who I love her work so much. I've followed her for a long, long time. And I think her journey is really interesting. And I think when we can learn from other people and and kind of lean into that, that again, we were sharing experiences and just helping each other figure out how to do that. Yeah. And I think, I think for me, when I seek out these people doing it, you know, there's a, I think it's either John O'Donohue or David White and they have a poem, Topher, but the, the, the line in it is turned sideways into the light. Mm -mm. And that has been so powerful for me is I'm one I can't approach it head on. I have to turn sideways into the light. Mm, I love that. And, and I think there's a magnetism for me to people who do that Mm -hmm. because it's, they have found their way to do that. And so then I see those people like Wendy Brightbill, like um, Misty Mon, like Katie Kendrick. And, and, and Orly Avernerny, I think is how you say her name. She's Mm -hmm. up in your region, but um, Mm -hmm. I, I need that because it validates my process as well. Right. It gives me courage. It, it, it's, it, it gives me um, inspiration to keep going. Well, and there's something about seeing other people and how they manage it and creating community because we, when you take those courses, you're taking with other people that are like-minded and from people that are, you know, are on a similar path and it, you just don't feel so alone in, and it's okay to ask those questions. How do I lean into this? How I'm going to turn sideways before I turn forward. And I might not even turn forward, you know, and, and to see that there's other people that are, are working on the same thing. And now your work is big and bold and colorful and, and, and it, and it's representative of things that are important to you and things that show up in your life. Tell me a little bit about how you got there. Cause it's just delicious. I've actually seen it in person in you Santa have. Fe. Yes, I have. Oh. <laughs> I know. And I didn't really, I mean, I didn't put two and two together until I put two and two. Together. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> There's some bits of greeting cards in almost all of my pieces, like the originals that I've cut up. Oh, um, I love that. Yeah. So I, you know, looking back, I, I tend to put a lot of stars in my work, the little mm-hmm. hand-drawn stars mm-hmm. and from childhood or young adolescence, I um, would draw those stars. I've gone back and seen, you know, pieces of work have fallen out and I'm like, oh my God, there's the mountains and the stars. Interesting. Oh my God. Yeah. And I used to cut up watercolors. And I, I so this cutting aspect is um, there's, it's so important. There's a physicality about it. And I was one who um, I, I caused harm to my body to deal with pain Mm -hmm. and cutting was, um, pulling and, you know, tearing flesh was part of that. And Mm -hmm. I say that here. So if anyone's listening, um, there's help for that. And, um, so important. Yeah. And, and 
I find that I gravitate to tearing things up and cutting things. It's a very powerful act, no matter what. Mm -hmm. It also does something remarkable for a lifelong healing for me. And so I, um, I was cutting and tearing up these watercolors I used to make with from, you know, that woman that gave me those watercolors forever ago. And I just was like making greeting cards way back then. And then um, I think because I don't, the pressure of creating a painting like that is cohesive and like a package deal. Right. That's pressure. Like that sucks. (laughs) That's not, that's not for me. You know, I admire people that do that. I have stations all through my workspace so that I'm constantly turning sideways into the light. Um, So I'm, I'm, I'm often in motion so I don't get stuck. And so I don't get paralyzed by that perfectionistic Mm -hmm. quality. And um, uh, so it's just ever evolved. And about 15 years ago, I had a, I had I knew I was going to make the switch. I was doing body work. I was a massage therapist for about 10 years and um, actively. And then I knew because my greeting cards were selling and, you know, and I wanted to give it a shot. And my husband's been such a huge supporter of all of this for me. And he and I figured out how we could make that feasible for our lives. And um, and in that time frame, I, I just, again, followed an impulse and I bought all these big canvases and I started slinging paint mm-hmm. on the canvases and I did all this huge abstract work and I just let myself go in it. And I, again, it was, this, it was about the same time as the, all those vignettes came out and the cards came out and I just, it, it was profound for me mm-hmm. and those pieces um, have most of them have been ripped up and put into something else. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. And, um, I still have a couple in my closet and you but... say sling paint. And I imagine you really did sling the paint. It, absolutely. I mean, total Jackson Pollock, like, can I build a trapeze so I can sling? More? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And I, so I still allow that because it's so there's times when that's what life calls for. And so, I keep that station in my studio, you know, and, and then there's times when life just calls for cutting it all up. And so I don't ever create my work thinking about what collage it's going to go for. I just am making stuff and experimenting with colors and lines and texture. And, um, and so, I mean, it's just that gradual. It just, it just kept happening. And one fun, really fun story is I was quilting. I, I love to, again, cut fabric and see how things fit together and see how colors like pattern. Oh my God. Fabric patterns, right? right. Like, oh, yum. Yeah. And I was making these feathers, Anna Marie Horner. Yep. Yep. Love, love her designs and her, her work. And she has, um, I was working on a, a pattern of hers and it was too, way too much for me. I just, I, ugh. so, and I sleep in my studio a couple nights a week. And so I had been working late into the night and I climbed my ladder and I went to bed and I woke up and was like, Oh, paper. I am going to do this on paper oh. and or with paper. And I'm going to use my paintings as oh the fabric. And so then that exploded and so my feathers got created out of oh that my gosh that gives me chills that's it so brilliant <laughs> yes oh that makes so much sense yes and so then everything I mean I just it was like a, a light got turned on in me 
that quilt is tucked in a cupboard somewhere. Who knows? But it led to this. And so, and then I just, a new animal will um, show up in my life and then I'll read about it and be like, what's the spiritual quality or the, you know, what's the, what's energy about this animal? And and then it brings tears to my eyes and I know it's coming because it's to befriend me through whatever, you know, and, yeah. and then I make the peace and I get to just walk the walk, walk through life with this animal for a while while it's being built. It has so much meaning. I love that so much. And I, I'm going to try and remember all the things that were running through my head to ask you when you were saying that there's something about, first of all, thank you for just sharing that intimate part. I, during COVID, my kiddo, we worked out some of the stuff that he was doing, you know, like how to deal with it. And it was, and he was really honest with me about it. He was, I don't know, 13 at the time. He's 15 now or 12 or whatever. But it's just, there's so many things that we do to try and express and get through what we're feeling. And so I thank you for that part of it. And the perfection part that comes along with being creative or putting your work out into the world is so prevalent. And I remember taking a class from Lynn Whipple and I just adore her. And, and one of the things she said was stand back. She'd come back. She'd be like, okay, it's time. Stand back, dip your paint and whatever. And it was just colorful house paint we're using and fling it at the canvas. And that the act of doing that was just like a Oh, it just broke through that. Like you didn't even realize she could probably see it, but I was like, you know, like (laughs) stuck and just stiff. And that would, that would break it up. But I think, and it, it feels like too, with the paper quilting, then turning that into something totally different that, that you really hit your stride too. I think as an artist, I don't know, personally, I've for a long time felt like I've taken painting from this person and I've learned this from that person. And so I need to do it long enough so I get past their learning and get to my own learning. And, and it, and that obviously has come across in your work and the fact that it, you just let it, you live with it and let that animal or the feathers, whatever it is, the process is such a part of it. I I love that. It's so a part of your person to tear it up and things that you've made before become this new thing. That is that's just a beautiful process. Really. I imagine very continually enlightening and healing. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Where do you feel, um, where do you feel you are in your journey now? Like, are you in a place where you're just really loving what you're doing or do you, are you looking for that next new thing? I know you have something exciting coming out next year. So like, (laughs) tell me a little bit about where you are right now. Um, I love where I'm at with my artwork right now. It feels current and I don't feel like I'm trying to recreate anything. Um, I think my, again, the way I go about it, I can, I can still experiment with new painting techniques and just cut it up and put it in my paintings, you know? Okay. So I can, I get to, I have, um, I talk about rebel wisdom, which um, we'll tell, we'll tell more later, but, um, that's part of that rebel for me. Um, she causes great destruction if she is not um, employed with good intention and boundary. And so a lot of what I've created with these stations is to still keep, you know, my badass active, you know, and like, let her rip, 
literally like go, go rip a painting off the stretchers, Robin, you know, some days she, that's all she wants to do, but I give her the paintings that it's okay to rip up, you know, because before she would take my most precious things and destroy them, Uh, including the love of, you know, the things I literally, literally, exactly. Yeah. And so, um, just staying, I think for me and not racing forward, chasing something else, but staying true to what wants to be made. And that's the really, that's the sweet spot. That's the juice for me. Um, and also in this time frame, cause I think I, you know, I hate to even say it out loud, but I do see the effects of what's happening in the world affecting um, art collection right now. Mm-hmm. And so my sales have definitely slowed down. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been a real relief, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I've been, I was powering for a long time and doing a lot of great things to keep, keep it all going and safe. And um, I say safe to, again, keep my sacred part, not, um, I didn't want to do anything to hurt that part of me. Um, And so it's in this quietude, more quietude, I've been able to just sit and um, like you asked about my words in the beginning that are on the cards, I write and I have written my whole life and not again. I mean, I'm such, I'm such a person that I'm such a closet person, you know, like, (laughs) and and so um, letting I, I've I've gathered my words and I've um I've I've got an editor now and she's been very encouraging of like what to do with these words and how to how to do things with these words. Mm-hmm. And so that has that has been a big a, a big part of my time, how I've been spending my time. And I love too because my paintings, I I I work on a painting and you know what? Words come out. A whole poem falls out of a painting. Gosh, I love that. A whole <laughs> and poem just falls out. I don't think that happens for everyone. <laughs> it's just the strangest thing. And it's, I adore it. And I'm finally um, airing my laundry, so to speak. Like, hey, this is happening. What could I do with this? You know? And so a book is being made. Mm, I love that. Mm-hmm. Tell me, what do you know what it's called? I believe we are working with the title Rebel Wisdom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So can you tell me a little bit more about Rebel Wisdom? Um, I can, and it is uh, part memoir, part poem, um, and it is charting my lifelong journey with creativity. And um, I am, it's a lot of, it's a lot of uh, short pieces mm-hmm. little vignettes again you know and some I mean maybe the longest one is like five pages um but they're just enough that you can sit down and enjoy a meal so to speak oh, nice nice or have it stir up whatever <laughs> whatever the case and um uh it a, a lot of it has um just the rawness of creativity, what that is. And I have words for that. And so people can really get inside that. Other times there's stories of heartbreak and trauma that have been worked through and the healing side of that. Um, And I'm one, I, my greatest teachers tell me their stories. Mm. They've never told me how to do life. Mm. 
And it's through their truthful telling of their story that mine rises up and is safe to live. It's an example. I feel like when somebody shares that, it makes us feel like, oh, I can do that too then. Yes. Mm. And so I, that's what I'm discovering in my writing style. And also in my, now that I'm writing a book, it changes how I read books. It changes, you know, it changes so much. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm realizing that's always been a style I've been attracted to as somebody that just shares their stories. I love Brené Brown with all her science, but she shares her story. Right, she does. And I can understand it because she's sharing a real story that she's lived, you know? Right, and she it, she really brings it down to where we can really, as humans, relate. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And so that's, um, I'm, that's my hope for this book is it's very relatable. It brings some skeletons out of the closet that, um, that maybe other people, I know other people have encountered in their, in their lifetime and, um, how it has through, through the, the act of creativity, um, I have been able to transform that in a myriad of ways through creativity, but, um, and then sometimes there'll just be this poem that drops out, you know, and, and, um, I love that too, that it's, it's just, it lands on the page and it's in a great spot, maybe after kind of a sweaty story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there's this reprieve of just um, like a lullaby, you know? Oh, wow. I love that. Do you feel, I'm just imagining you in your studio going through the process. Does it come, do the words come as you're going or more towards when it's finished? Usually as it's, fin- as it's, as it's finishing. And sometimes mm-hmm. after it's in the quiet, because there's a, quietude after that after that finish you know it's it just finishes there's there's that um it's almost like it steals my breath you know Mm, it takes my breath away and it as it inhales its first breath and and then I know yeah and then there's that quietness and I know too I need to give the painting privacy Mm -hmm. I can't look Mm -hmm. at it because I can be real harsh in that I've learned to um, create some boundary around that because I can be a harsh critic mm-hmm. instead of feeling it. I go into um, judging it. And so I know for myself, I have to set it aside and, and sit and just sit for a while. And usually then a whole bunch of words will come stomping in. I love that. It's so true. You know, when it takes its first breath, that whole thought of knowing when something's done. And if you really tuned in, you do know that. Mm-hmm. And then the process that happens after that, where give it space. That's really interesting. I love that. It, it You reminded me, I haven't thought of this in a long time, and I actually don't know where this painting is. It might be in Minnesota. Um, there was a artist and I can't believe I can't think of her name right now. If I stopped and went into the other room, I would go find it. But she, I grew up in the uh, Napa Valley area. And she had a studio in Sonoma or Sebastopol or somewhere. And I remember going to visit her, this artist, tiny little studio. And I just was so drawn to this painting she had. And she started telling me about, there's a tabletop, it was on wood and it was, there was all these things in it. There was a plate and a cloth and a, and she started telling me the symbolism of all these things. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. Okay. I'm going to take this home with me. So do you might could hold on a second. I want to get a pen. And then I wrote on the back of the painting, I asked her to tell me all about it. 
And, uh-huh. and so I wrote her words about all those things and what it meant when she was painting it and why on the back of that board. And, um, I had forgotten about that, mm-hmm. but her, she had words, so many words for that work. And I, I thought to myself, they're going to be lost if I don't capture them. And I challenge anybody listening to do that. <laughs> Just to, what are your thoughts about that? Even if you press record on your phone or something and capture them, what, what could that mean? What could that turn into? Yeah, that's very cool. Hey there, Windowsill Chats listeners. This is your host, Margo, and I'm here to share some new and exciting opportunities with you. Do you want to dive even deeper into the conversations we have in the windowsill? Well, I have got a treat for you. In case you missed it, we launched our very own Patreon channel a couple of months ago, and our community continues to grow and evolve every day. And it's the perfect way for you to get involved and support the continuation of these thought-provoking conversations. Joining our Patreon community allows you to be a crucial part of what we do here and take windowsill chats to the next level. Now I know what you're thinking, there must be a cost to this, but hold on a sec, guess what? For less than the cost of a single coffee a week, you can become a proud member of our Patreon family. Yep, for just $5 a month, you can support this podcast and ensure that these conversations will continue to be heard. Our Patreon community is where the magic happens. Not only will you get exclusive behind-the-scenes content, early access to new episodes, and bonus conversations with special guests, but you'll also be able to connect with other like-minded listeners who share your passion for artistry, creativity, and learning. By joining Patreon, you're making sure that these conversations keep flowing and I can continue to bring you the diverse perspectives and insights you've come to love. Your support directly impacts the quality and frequency of these episodes, and I couldn't do it without you, truly. So if you believe in the power of ideas and the beauty of human connection, I invite you to check out our Patreon page today. Simply head over to patreon.com backslash in the windowsill or just search in the windowsill and select the membership tier that best suits you. Remember, it's less than the cost of one coffee a week, but the impact you'll make is truly immeasurable. Thank you for being part of our incredible community and helping us keep these conversations alive and thriving in the windowsill. Your support means the world to me, and I can't wait to see you over on Patreon. That's www.patreon.com in the windowsill. Well, we've talked a little bit about the intuitiveness about it, the, the medicinal qualities of making art, you know, the practice of it. And I, I just love how that comes together for you. You know, any other thoughts welcome there. I would also love to ask you, as you discovered this, you made it a business and, and it seems like it's, it's been a good one. You you're represented in galleries in several places. How did that start to unfold for you? And, and do you have any you know, words of wisdom as that's gone on. And as you just mentioned, you know, the world is in a tenuous place right now. And I think for so many reasons, business is changing. So anyway, that's a lot, but the business part of what you do, I'm curious about that too. Yeah. Um, thank you for asking that. And I, again, being the sideways turner, <laughs> um, I've, I've, I've had these I've had these great people that just, I bump into them and they take me under their wing. And I've been reading some, I think young Pueblo's newest book. Mm, He talks about when we, yeah, when we make, I love how he puts words to things that Mm -hmm. I feel, you know, and it's like, oh, and he just said this thing about 
when we step into this healing energy, it has a magnetism to it and it draws the people towards us that are going to be of that, you know, be there with us and help shepherd us. Those are not his words, but that it was my intake of it. It's that healing energy. I feel like when we're healing, when we're realizing that we, there is a path and we, we want to share that in some way it is magnetic. Yeah. Yeah. So by the grace of God, I have had some just awesome people come in. Oh my God. And they've just been just lovely. Absolutely lovely. And, um, uh, so that was it with my greeting cards. Somebody was printing off. That's a whole funny story in itself, but somebody was doing some printing for me and said, these would be great greeting cards, you know? And I was like, Oh, where could I do that? And then end up with this family run business in Denver. And he's like, Oh, Robin, you know, and we worked together forever. And he was the sweetest man. And he would save me all the scraps from his Jaclay printing business. And I would, I know. And I would make, I could glue then on this really great paper. And I found too, if I have like, um, discarded things that I'm building things on there, that again is a pressure reliever. It takes away the pressure to make a a painting, you know? And so he was instrumental that way. And then, um, and then I have, oh my God, my trauma specialist, this therapist, I, I adore her. Oh God. And, um, so we, we've walked, she's, she's walked the talk too. So that again, right. She, she is not afraid to share her story, um, in the light of healing. And I remember I walked into her office one day and I was so fed up with like the art business. And I was like, this is ridiculous. My stuff should be in a gallery. How do I even, I, there's this gallery I love and I'm not going to name it right now. And, <laughs> um, and I said, I'm just going to bring my paintings and walk in. And she just said, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and she sat me down and said, call my partner. We have an art career coaching business. Oh and my I'm, gosh. <laughs> Did you even know that? okay that's awesome and for anyone my art career coach is phenomenal and I'll gladly give you her information everybody's wondering right this second right (laughs) look out Kathy (laughs) um so she my my therapist just said it's really important I mean this is also in respect of how I grew up was just so chaotic and throw yourself at something and not always consider setting yourself up for success. Right. And she paused me in my tracks and just said, Hey, you could go about this differently and really set yourself up. Well, Mm. you need some coaching. And I was like, I didn't, I don't have skills there. Okay. You know, and I took it as seriously as, well, I don't know who takes university very seriously these days, but uh, it was like, it was like the university I was I was dreamt about going to, you oh, know, wow. and I just, and I threw my life at it and learned the ins and outs of the art business through this coach and through workshops she led and other people she'd bring on board and, um, was able to build, a build a resume. I didn't even know I had an art history, you know, I, until mm-hmm. I could see it on paper as like in those categories and put the right. words 
CV. I don't even know what CV means. <laughs> Still, curriculum vitae, right? What? <laughs> but really, what does it mean? You know, right. in the scheme of things, but it's required, right, to get into these shows and these galleries yeah. of the caliber I was, I wanted to enter, and and the demographics and stepping, understanding I needed to leave a demographic behind and go through that place of like nobody knowing anything about the new work I was producing Mm -hmm. and feeling the effects of that financially too, of like stepping it up, you know, my prices increased, I don't know, 10 hundred fold. (laughs) And, and it was just crickets, you know, it was just like, these people were like, what? Yeah your $6 card or well, they were probably three fifty back then. <laughs> yes. You know? And you know, you know, you want to charge a thousand dollars for something. That's you know? so important in the process. And we were so our own worst enemies there. Well, because yeah. And I don't even have to name all the <laughs> stuff that we go through there. Right. And I think to have, to find somebody that can, could help you through that and see and, and want to learn it and want to want to really lean into that how what a what a right gift at the right time yeah and I remember my a show I had just done where we had stepped it up and I launched all my bigger work I still had my greeting card line it was off to the side I no longer had prints and uh, you know I heard crickets at that show I didn't sell anything and it was I was so uncomfortable inside my own skin that I don't even know Mm. I couldn't even see the impact of anybody having you know having an experience with my art I was just Mm. so raw and inside out. And I remember calling her after that show and being like, I need to come to your office. I need you to see me. I need to be seen. And I need, I need you to work through this with me. And she did, you know, I just, I needed to sit down and be seen and break that whole mold of shame and all these other weird things that I had attached to selling and not selling. I've had Mm -hmm. other shows, plenty of shows where I've not sold a thing and that's how it goes, you know? And but that wasn't a part of my training. And then, um, yeah. And then building a whole, a really gorgeous portfolio and just, I just, I knew that the first time I walked Canyon road in Santa Fe, I, it was such a feeling of a homecoming. Oh, I couldn't understand just to think I about know. it. I couldn't understand it. I wasn't there yet. I wasn't making those kind of paintings, you know, and, and there's a lot more there in that story, but that was, you know, almost 20 years ago was that first time I walked that road. And I've only been in a gallery there for, I'm entering my fifth year. Um, but for a good 10 or 12 years, I was walking up and down and presenting my work and trying to present my work. And, mm. but I was building relationships Yeah. and I would repeat my visits and say hello. And, you know, and I just, that's also who I am inside. You know, I'm this Minnesotan and we have connections and we talk and feel and we show each other stuff yes. and, you know, we make friends and we do, yeah. you know, there's, and I, I love that part about myself. Um, and I love that I could find that in that gallery. And now I've got a new gallery in Steamboat Springs that feels very, it's a totally different experience of a gallery, but the the people I'm aligned with there, it's a very similar experience. And not, I, there's different experiences at every gallery, but that's the one I need. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. I love that. That's such a, it's such a path, isn't it? And I think that experience of pushing up your numbers and doing new art and putting it out there and not selling any, and probably second guessing yourself every step of the way, as opposed to 
then living into that knowing like, oh, well, this could happen, but I'm okay with it because we do have, we, there are those levels that we have to, we have to get over that hurdle because it's just a human nature thing. And I just appreciate hearing it out loud. And I, I imagine many other people are appreciating it too. One of the things that I work with people often about is how do I get my work seen? How do I get it in front of the right people into the world? We tend to, um, you know, Instagram is where a lot of us put our art out there, but there's so many ways. We had a long chat on a call that I do monthly um, about your community, your local community and and showing up there and the connections that are made just by showing up by the people that already, maybe they don't know you, but they see you in the orthodontist office or at the library or wherever that is. And all, who are they connected to and what might they need and, and, and how great that they can support somebody that they know. So there's so many levels to it and, and it can lead to being in the right galleries or the right licensing job, uh, you know, situation or whatever it is, but it's, there's something about truth telling to yourself, I think. Yes, absolutely. And being will for me, I, and I'm speaking real time right now, because it just la- the last two weeks, I've had so much truth telling to do to just witness for myself and then state it in some of these larger relationships, whether it's friendship or, or business or marital or, you know, there, it's been on across the board really for me and, and um, really getting honest about wh- what matters inside of me and what needs to be spoken outside, you know, outwardly mm-hmm. and how that informs the other person of the relationship I want to be in, you know, yeah. and, and I think art is so I've loved art and I've been able to kind of, in a way, I don't feel like I've ever hidden behind my art, but I've let it speak for me because mm. I was, I, it's taken me a long time to be able to, to sit here and speak these words yeah. um, and to share my, my truth out loud in words. Um, it was, it's much much more easy and natural for me to put it in color and texture and build a painting mm-hmm. and let it speak what it needs to speak to somebody else without my inner, you know, like I just built this thing. It's going to tell you a story. You're going to have a whole relationship. Great. <laughs> you know? yeah. I'll just be over here. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to know everything that went into all those layers, you know, but um, yeah. So that truth telling, and I feel like art making for me is it's my greatest truth telling. It was, a, and I use the word safe a lot, but you know, to really speak our truth, what do we need? Safety, you know, to find our truth. We need safety. We might know it, but it might not come out right. You know, it's a shy thing sometimes. It's very intimate. Mm -hmm. I mean, to, it's really, I love what you just said of letting the art tell it and being present for that, allowing yourself, like, I feel like the book will be a part of that. I can't wait to see that. Um, because we, we can make that choice. We can put it into the, whatever we're doing, whatever is, if it's a canvas or a, a recipe or whatever that is a garden, you know, we can put our, our energies and our thoughts into that, but, but allowing them to then come through it and being willing to stay standing in front of it and say, no, this is what it's about really. If you want to know. 
Mm -hmm. That's pretty fantastic. Yeah. I think of the books, um, brave on the rocks and all of you are telling me your name right now and I can't think of it, but those, those things where you're just brave, you know, and, and I think it is so easy just to stay in our studios or wherever it is. Um, but I just, you know, big hug for the, for the path that you've traveled and are traveling and all of us are. And those are the things that we can kind of put our arms around each other and say, yep, mine's a little bit different, but not so much. And we're all in this together. And, you know, thanks for showing up. Totally. Yeah. We have a, um, I did a workshop last week for on rebel wisdom mm-hmm. for a group of people through, uh, in Boulder. And, um, it was so profound. Um, I gave a reading from a chapter in my book and, um, and then read a poem and then I led a group through questions and then they all shared, um, and it just created this incredible discussion and, you know, to, it was a, it was an outlet for a lot of hard things to be spoken out loud and held to the light of, oh, what can I do in this time of such a broken world and so much pain? But it took it all the way back to an inside job of it. It no matter if we're out protesting or, or um, doing whatever we're doing out there, if we're not tending to what satisfies us on an internal level and nourishing that part of us, we, I, we, we go into the world with such a deficit Mm. and, and so how do we fill ourselves up? And a lot of times catching onto that rebel energy, you know, like, how do I want to rebel and why do I want to get, you know what, you know, and, and that is power that there's so much power in that. And if we can harness that and then put it behind our own expression of truth or our own, you know, add it to our own pile of courage. And that is what is going to get stuff made, you know, and differences made in the house, how we maybe show up to go to bed at night, just so we can go to sleep and get well rested. What did we have to slay to say no, you know, to put the phone down so we could get some rest or, you know, it's just like taking it all the way back. And these women just I, I was like, I don't even need to be here. Like you guys. <laughs> but Sounds they, amazing. It was incredible. And so it's just, it's, it feels really, oh, it's just such an amazing gift to me that out of, there was so much pain as a child and as it, and I caused so much pain then in my twenties, cause I didn't know how to do life, you know? Right. right. And I was repeating things that were done to me and I was kind of progressing in that direction, you know? And so then getting some help and figuring things out and going, wow, I can turn this story around and share, share my truth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And people are coming alive in that hearing or that seeing of that, that artwork, however it is spelled out on a canvas, you know? Yeah. I, there's so much to that. I mean, really that's, that's the full circle. That's the healing. You know, that's you showing up as a healer for yourself, as a healer for others journeys in a way that's, I don't know. I mean, dare I say potentially a lot deeper than maybe if you'd 
continue. I mean, certainly my, I have amazing medical people in my family that heal in many beautiful ways, but they're also figuring out other ways to use their healing gifts. And I think that's where the important part comes in. And I love that you're taking, taking to the streets with this really, because Mm -hmm. it sounds like who wouldn't want that? I mean, especially, you know, I've, I've been lucky enough to be working with someone for a while now who just calls the depths up and, um, I'm so grateful for that. And I, so I want to know other people's, you know, experiences and, and, and again, you know, sharing in that is, is just that much more of a gift. You'll have to come to Vashon Island where I live and do a painting rebel workshop. I love that you use that word too. It's perfect. (laughs) I would be honored to come. (laughs) That would be fantastic. I'm hatching a plan. Okay, good. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, I just, I feel like I could talk to you for a couple hours more, but we might lose a few people on the way, (laughs) but thank you. Thank you so much for just bringing your, your pure self to this. I really appreciate it. And I, I just love that the layers of your work are so much the layers of your spirit and your thoughts and your heart. So I, I, thanks for that. Yeah. I love it. I do want to know who's inspiring you. Can't leave without that question. Okay. So, um, let's see, you know, I'm going to just name my dad first and foremost, because he is in hospice right now. Mm. And, um, my dad five years ago was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and that's a long five years. It is. Yeah. And he's, and then Parkinson's set in and that's actually our Alzheimer's got bad and then Parkinson's got worse. And just, um, he and I didn't have a awesome relationship. And then upon his diagnosis, he came to me and said he wanted, um, he wanted to be closer. Oh, wow. And I had no idea what that could mean or look like, but I left the door open. Wow. What a gift. And honestly, he, I, so he's inspired me because of his radical change and his ability to be as soft and loving and tender. And just, I mean, he's, it is the worst, greatest gift, you know, it is the worst, greatest gift. Mm. So many people don't get that. That's kudos to, to keeping the door open and to your dad for whatever his brain might be telling him to get to that point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's, pretty it's it's a it's a real gift to witness somebody make such a radical change and and be changed i mean that disease is is a brutal disease and the way he um the way he uses his humor and his affection and mm. um the choices when he does have the ability to make a choice the choices he makes mm. it's it's you know it's the man that as a child, I, I always knew that was in there, you know, yeah, or had a glimmer yeah. of that. And I'm watching him be that. And what a gift. Yeah. Is he near you or is he in Minnesota still? He's in Minnesota. So yeah. he's a long ways away. Yeah. Mm, thank you. That's a beautiful one. Mm-hmm. Um, my other is, uh, I think, I, you know, I just picked up this book, Emery Hall. She's a Oh poet. my gosh. I did not know about her. And not only did I go dig her up, but her musician husband. Okay. So I don't know about the husband yet. He <laughs> sings her poems. 
Oh, good Lord. That's just, <laughs> I, I was okay. in a rabbit hole of good things. His name is Trevor Hall. Okay. Okay. Well, so you tell, you tell us because I just, I just <laughs> hijacked that. No, it's perfect. Um, I just, I just love her writing. It's so succinct mm-hmm. and gorgeous and about women and loving and praising all the women you've ever been. And mm. I, it just, it's very soothing to me to just, I'll read the book. I'll read the whole thing. Oh, do. In a sitting. And then I can, <laughs> yeah. you want me to read it? Do you want me to read a poem? Yeah, let's do that. Oh, okay. Well, here is just a short one that I'll okay. read because I'm open. I never want to be told what it is that I should write. It is the only secret left between me and God autonomy. Hmm. I hadn't seen that one. That's a good one. Yeah. I love how she finishes with kind of a word about what it's about. Oh, uh, let me read one more. Yeah. Okay. So this is the make peace with women, make peace with all the women you once were lay flowers at their feet, offer them incense and honey and forgiveness, honor them and give them your silence. Listen, Bless them and let them be, for they are the bones of the temple you sit in now, for they are the rivers of wisdom leading you toward the sea. And at the end, she says, I have been a thousand different women. Right? I can't even speak after that. And that's the song he sings. Oh, well, there we go. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. It's so true. Oh, thank you for that. Thank you for introducing me to her, Emily Hall. And lastly, Deborah Stein. Oh my God. Such a gem. Her, her watercolors and Mm. then her words, like she does this thing and Mm. I've just discovered her recently. Do you um, know her yet? Well, I took an online thing with her and so that was it, but we, um, we have not had the opportunity. No, you're very near each other gallery wise. I know we are. And I've been over there to her little watercolor studio and, um, and I love her palette. Yes. (laughs) So, um, I just, her ability to strip away the non-essential from a flower, for instance. Mm -hmm. And I, I suck at watercolor. (laughs) I doubt it, but okay. (laughs) I do not enjoy what I produce with watercolor, but I enjoy painting with watercolor. So it's just been this beautiful journey and she's inspired me to, it's kind of what I do in my, um, in my quiet hours. I'll, I'll just watercolor in some of my drawings that I do in my Mm. art journal. Yeah. Gosh, you'd be a fun person to be near. I think. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing in your studio today? Let's just paint. Mm -hmm. Just putting some of my feelings into this work. That's all. Yep. Oh, Robin, what a treat. Thank you so much. Who knew that those cards would lead to a new friend and a a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. Your, your questions and your listening, just um, draw it out. So thank you. You bet. Well, come back and then we'll plan that uh, retreat here. I think it would be magic and we'll have Deborah too. How about that? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm starting. (laughs) I'm going to call her right after this. do it. Oh, watch this space. People watch this space. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Before you go, I just want to say a quick thanks for tuning in. I hope you found something useful to take away and something to make you think. 
For those of you listening in on Spotify, and I know there are many, you now have the cool option to show your love for Windowsill Chats quickly and easily. From the show page in the Spotify app, you can simply tap to rate it one to five stars. And of course, I'll really appreciate it too if you leave a review wherever you might be listening. See you next week, lovelies, and I hope it's a creative one.